Welcome to the Pleasant Green Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School lesson for Sunday, July the 2nd, 2023. I am Reverend Mary Tillman, an Associate Minister at Pleasant Green Missionary Baptist Church, and I will be the presenter of today's lesson. We're still in the summer quarter, and our summer quarter study is The Righteous Reign of God. We're in Unit 1, and Unit 1's theme is The Prophet's Proclaim God's power. This is lesson number five in unit one and the last lesson in unit one. The lesson title in the Townsend Press Sunday School Commentary is Peace to the Nations. And in the Faith Pathway Bible Studies for Adults, the lesson title is World Peace. The devotional reading Isaiah chapter 55, our background scripture, Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 through 17. The print text passage, Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 through 13, and verses 16 and 17. Our key verse is Zechariah chapter 9, verse 16. From the NIV Bible, it reads, The Lord their God will save his people on that day as a shepherd saves his flock. They will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you today thanking you for another opportunity to study your word. And as this lesson talks about world peace, God, we pray for peace in our homes, in our communities, in our cities, in our states and the world as a whole. God, everything is so rampant today, and we're living in dangerous and perilous times, as your Bible said we would. But thank you for an opportunity to study your word, to understand that no matter what goes on, you have the final say. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Our lesson introduction. After Isaiah, the prophet Zechariah, is one of the most frequently quoted Old Testament prophets in the scripture. The book of Zechariah is quoted or referenced 71 times in the New Testament. The name Zechariah means the Lord remembers and aptly fits the prophet who documented the Lord's remembrance of his people in captivity and his covenant with Israel. God acted faithfully toward his people in remembrance of his plan to establish an eternal peace through Christ Jesus, the Messiah. This is the last lesson in Unit 1 entitled, The Prophets Proclaim God's Power. This lesson explores the concept of God's appointed kings. So get your Sunday school book your Bible, your pen and notepad, and follow along as we go forward with this wonderful lesson. Let's get started. As I said, the title of our lesson is World Peace. And Lord knows we need world peace. We need peace in our home and in our community. So definitely the world powers with China, Russia, the United States of America, Great Britain, and so many others. This world is in a turmoil now. 
And if ever there was a need for peace, my brothers and sisters, I'm sure you agree, we could use some peace right now, right here in the city of St. Louis. So there are three questions I want you to consider. One, why did Zechariah instruct the people of God to rejoice and shout? Question number two, what does Zechariah's prophecy say about the coming king? And question number three, what are the promises of God to his children that are described by Zechariah in this week's lesson? Let's look at the lesson's biblical context. Zechariah is next to the last book in the Old Testament. He was born in Babylon. Zechariah was a priest and a prophet like Jeremiah and Ezekiel during the reign of King Darius with his counterpart Haggai. The priest was concerned with rituals and religion. The prophet, on the other hand, was concerned with relationships beyond religion. Zechariah's divine assignment was to encourage God's people who returned from exile to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. He encouraged the people to finish what they had started. In addition to motivating the people to complete the temple, Zechariah shared a vision of God's plan beyond restoring the temple. Scholars refer to the book of Zechariah as an apocalyptic book. It is a book that looks into the distant future. It is full of symbolism, shapes, and images, and has been called an obscure book. The book is considered one of the two important books of the Old Testament that focus on predicting events related to God's relationship with his people in particular and the world in general. Not all prophecies have been fulfilled, but some prophecies won't be fulfilled until Christ returns to earth. Zechariah stands apart from the books of Daniel and Revelation, which are both apocalyptic. The prophet Zechariah spoke more about the Messiah than did any other prophet except the prophet Isaiah. The purpose of the book of Zechariah is to give the people hope by revealing God's future deliverance through the Messiah. It was written to the Jews in Jerusalem who had returned from their captivity in Babylon and to God's people everywhere. Zechariah began his prophecy by reminding the Jews that their captivity resulted from their disobedience. At the beginning of the book, Zechariah received visions in which God revealed his plan for the history and future of the world, showing that God is ultimately in control and that God will fulfill the promises made to their fathers and Abraham. The aims for this week's lesson are, number one, know that God expects worship from all creation. Aim number two, aspire to greater holiness. And aim number three, Find opportunities for worship in daily routines. As we continue our glimpse into this lesson, 
There are three lesson outlines in the Adult Pathways Sunday School book. I will share two key points from each of these outlines and expound some on each of them. The first outline is His Reign, Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. The second outline is His Revival, Zechariah chapter 9, verses 11 through 13. And the third outline is His Resolution, Zechariah chapter 9, verses 16 and 17. Let's begin our analysis of the biblical text with the first lesson outline. Outline number one, his reign. Zechariah 9, 9 and 10 reads, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a coat, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Zechariah chapter 9 envisions a day when God brings down all earthly powers and initiates an eternal reign of peace. Chapter 9 opens by discussing the weight of God's word upon the land. In verses 1 through 8, the enemies of God's people face punishment. In verse 9, pictures the excitement and anticipation surrounding of the coming king. Key point number 1. The prophet Zechariah instructed the people to rejoice and shout. The daughter, Zion, is the children of Israel. Here, he is referring to the nation of Israel. Zechariah outlines four reasons rejoice and shout over the coming king. One, he is coming to and for his people. Two, he is just and righteous, unlike any ruler the earth has ever witnessed. Three, his salvation, he is salvation, empowered with our deliverance. And four, he is truly humble, unlike any king to ever walk the earth. The coming king is Jesus Christ. An example of his humility lies in the fact that he would make his first appearance while riding on a donkey. The long-awaited Messiah would be their deliverer. Their true king, he is saying, the king is coming. He's coming to deliver you. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Key point number two. Jesus alone can save us from our sin. Centuries before Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Zechariah accurately described the king's arrival on an untamed, unridden donkey. 
Jesus entered Jerusalem just the way the prophet Zechariah had prophesied he would enter. Zechariah pictures the Messiah of Israel coming in great humility to his people. Jesus displays his power by riding an untamed, unridden donkey. Verse 9 was fulfilled to the letter in the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This prediction by Zechariah was 520 years before Jesus was born, describing how he would arrive and what he would deliver. In the ancient world, horses were symbols of war and donkeys were symbols of peace. Jesus came riding on a donkey, an animal of peace. He came humbly as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. He will come again. Matthew 21 and 5 says, Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Verse 9 was fully fulfilled with Christ's first coming, but verse 10 now can be seen to refer to his second coming. At that time, all nations will be subject to Christ's rule, which will extend over the whole earth. When the Lord returns, he will destroy every instrument of carnal strife. See verse 10. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the end of the earth. This reference perhaps to the Euphrates River, would remind the people of their exile, captivity, servitude, and shame. It would be a source of joy to them to discover that their Messiah King's rule would begin where foreign kings recently ruled the people. Their Messiah King would bring a peaceful reign where war will no longer be imminent. Just as the prophecy of Jesus' first coming was fulfilled, so shall the prophecy of his second coming. We are to be ready for his return. His reign will be over the entire earth and under his authority. There will be no need for weapons of war because Jesus will rule and reign over the entire earth forever and ever. The peace that Jesus' kingdom brings will be offered to the whole world, extending from sea to sea and from the river to the end of the earth, as we just read. These words to God's people are words of encouragement. Jesus' reign will be universal. Remember, we are to be ready for his return. The Chicago Mass Choir sings a song, I hope we'll all be ready, ready for his return. Then Daddy People said, I want to be ready when Jesus comes. My question is, what are we doing to make ourselves ready to be sure that we are in and on the right hand of his judgment? We want to be ready when Jesus comes. For I do truly believe he's on his way back. Outline number two, his revival. And we see that in Zechariah Chapter 9, verses 11 through 13. 
Zechariah tells of a righteous and victorious king who is coming. Verse 11 says, As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Verse 12, Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Verse 13, I will bend Judah as I bend my bow and fill it with Ephraim. I will rouse your sons, Zion, against your sons, Greece, and make you like a warrior's sword. Zechariah offers a word of hope to those still in captivity based on the blood covenant made at Mount Sinai. Covenants in the Old Testament times were sealed or confirmed with blood. Just as we would sign a contract, the Old Testament covenants were sealed by the blood of sacrifices pointing to the blood Christ was shed on Calvary. The freedom he references in Zechariah 9, 11, and 12 may be initially fulfilled in the return from exile, but the reference to blood suggests instead that it points toward both the freedom we have in Christ and our freedom from death and ultimate separation from God. God is never slack in his word and never goes back on his promises. His word endures for all eternity. God does not and cannot lie. The message of hope is extended to us today. Key point number two. Zechariah's prophecy presents the coming king, Jesus, not only as Israel's king, but as king of the entire earth. God has vowed to give abundant blessings in the place of former distress. He tells those who have been hopeless to turn to their stronghold, their fortress, their place of safety. Their stronghold is God. He is telling them to turn back to their fortress, God's protection. In verse 12b, the Lord promises to restore double to his people. When Christ is on the throne as king, there will be an abundance of everything. There will be no shortages of anything during his reign. There will be plenty for everyone forever. These verses affirm that no matter how far one has separated from God, there is hope for restoration. How great is God's goodness and his grace. How great is our God? How great is our God? Outline number three, his resolution, Zechariah chapter 9, verses 16 and 17. Key point number one, God will save his people. Verse 16 reads, the Lord their God will save his people on that day as a shepherd saves his flock. They will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown. Two metaphors are used to describe God's benevolence toward his people. First, 
he will treat his people like a flock of sheep. And second, the Lord was going to treat them as a precious stone in a crown. The Lord their God will save them. Verse 16 says, The Lord will save his people on that day. The Lord will do it, and that will make it complete. The prophecy says that all Israel, north and south, will be reunited. As a redeemed people, they will be the delight of the Lord's heart and a crown to be worn and gloried therein. Like all precious stones, they were guarded and protected very carefully. So are the people of God. The reference of precious stones speaks to the durability of the peace that God would provide. In other words, the prophet reaffirms the greatness of God's goodness. The boundless goodness of God would be manifested in the peaceful prosperity of Messianic times. Jesus will usher in a kingdom that will eradicate the war chariots and war horses. His kingdom will be a kingdom of peace. The peace that Jesus' kingdom brings will be offered to all the world. Similarly to other passages in the Bible that speaks of the millennium, the grain and new wine noted in verse 17 are direct references and a picturesque portrayal of future prosperity and blessings to come. Verse 17 reads, How attractive and beautiful they will be. Grain will make the young men thrive, and new wine the young women. God plans to save his people as a shepherd keeps his flock. He relates to his people as a shepherd leading his flock to safety. Key point number two. Those who are justified by faith have peace with God through Jesus Christ. In verses 16 and 17 is a divine promise of peace, protection, and provision for all of God's people. You know, in my daily prayer, I thank God for the peace that he has given, for the protection that he keeps all around me, and for the provision that he makes for me every day. A home to live in with a roof over my head, food on the table, clothes to wear, protection from the dangers seen and unseen on the mean streets of St. Louis, and an inner peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh, glory to God. We are justified by faith to have peace with God, through Christ Jesus. The promise of God is for prosperity for his people. The second part of verse 17 speaks to the prosperity the Lord provides by his presence and protection. God affirms his presence and everlasting affection for Israel and offered prophetic glimpse of their glorious eternal future. The grain God provides will cause the young men to thrive and the new wine will cause the young women to flourish because God's people are precious in his sight. God affirmed his present and everlasting affection for Israel 
and offered a prophetic prophetic glimpse of their glorious eternal future. God wanted them to know that they had a bright future which was connected to their relationship to God's king for them. You know, the only way we can get to God the Father is through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14 that that's the only way we can get to him is through Jesus Christ. Anything we want, we ask God in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, whatever you want, ask the Father in my name and he will grant it. In summary, Zechariah 9 envisions a day when God brings down all earthly powers and initiates an eternal reign of peace forever. What a glorious time that will be. We may not know what tomorrow will bring, but we have the promise of God's everlasting, unfailing love. This week's lesson emphasizes the loving care that God shows for his people in every generation. God gives peace, protection, and provision to those whom he loves. The gospel is a message of peace. It brings peace to the hearts of sinners. True peace only comes from God. The assurance of being right with God is the greatest peace anyone has ever or will ever know. The message of peace. Inward peace. It's priceless. The only way we can be sure we have that inner peace is that we are right with God. How do we get right with God? By living according to his word. By practicing kindness to one another. By putting on the whole armor of God. And possessing the fruit of the spirit. It takes all of that. Not one day a week. But every day. To live a peaceful life. We have to have the joy of the Lord. In our hearts. He will give us perfect peace. For he is the only peace and the greatest peace we will ever know. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God is calling. I like the part where he says, and he walks with me, he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, <laughs> none other has ever known. Oh, the joy of having Jesus in our lives. There's nothing I would rather have, and there's no place I'd rather be than in the safety of his arms. Peace in the valley. The closing thought and question Romans 5 and 1 mentions that those who are justified by faith have peace with God through Jesus Christ. The assurance of being right with God is the greatest peace. I already told you that. Anyone will ever know. 
justified by faith. The question, are you confident in your salvation and relationship with God? Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we come to you today with adoration, praise, and thanksgiving for your loving kindness toward us. We ask for forgiveness and we ask that you open up our hearts and our minds to receive the message from this lesson that will encourage us to make sure that we have done all that we can do to live peaceably with all men, that we do all we can do realizing that if we want to have peace, we have got to have faith and just to believe that you will grant peace to your children. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your protection. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. We thank you. Amen. Please have a wonderful holiday if you celebrate. But in the meantime, go in peace. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.